0: Progression of junior to mid level to senior might be based on industry experience or company specific expertise versus true business analysis skills. So, like, I hear this all the time with BAs, you're like, I never want to be a manager, right? Or I never want to lead a team, mostly because.
1: Welcome to the Inside Business Analysis Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Jacobs, and today I am joined with a very special guest, Laura Brandenburg. Laura, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me here.
1: Well, thank you for being here, Laura. Um, I, I feel like you don't need an introduction, <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, you know, you, you've you been in the BA space uh both as someone doing business analysis work, but also as somebody who is creating business analysis content and helping other BAs in many different ways. You know, you, your company is Bridging the Gap, which I believe you founded in 2008. Yeah, 15 there. years ago now. And yeah, 15 years ago, yes. Um, and you've also published a book called How to Start a Business Analyst Career, yes. uh, which was shortly after you founded Bridging the Gap. Uh, but you've had, you also have a training company where you help a lot of aspiring and uh, existing or practicing business analyst uh, with, I guess, anything to do with their careers. Um, but for somebody who hasn't come across you directly, who who would you say Laura is?
0: Oh, that's funny. That's an interesting way to put that question. Um, I definitely identify so heavily with being a business analyst. But what, prom- what popped up for me when you asked that is I also feel like I'm a philosopher at heart. I did my undergrad in philosophy and English and like, I never just stop asking questions and how to make things better. And what's the truth about the situation. Uh, so I feel like philosopher at heart is really a guiding principle for me. <laughs> yeah.
1: So you're, you're the other, um, philosoph- philosophical BA. I
0: guess so. Maybe that should be my new brand. We'll see.
1: <laughs> that, honestly. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah and and you know first of all I definitely want to give you your flowers because I I definitely will say and I said this to you before I start recording that your work has definitely influenced my BA career in many different ways I I feel like there's not there's there's always an answer to my questions and on bridging the gap Hmm. um like I've typed so many different questions I'm like how do I do this so what does that mean what does that mean and your website will always be either in in the top three basically of like Yes, this provides the answer that I'm looking for. And, and I feel like a lot of beers are probably in the same position where they have touched base with your, I guess, your company directly. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then maybe now they're starting to put a face to the name Bridging the Gap and seeing you. But, um, but it's going to be interesting. Today, our conversation is around uh, career. The business analyst career, particularly kind of mapping out our career path and guiding ourselves in our career journey, uh, and that is again one of the questions I did have, and I found your website and your content was very much helpful for me in my career journey. Um, but if you if you were to kind of sum up your career journey, how would you how would you describe it?
0: Yeah, I well, I was a QA quality assurance analyst or engineer really before I was a business analyst and. We didn't even actually know that the BA role existed. So we were systems analysts and thought we were doing this made up role in this like, because, oh, we just like needed to do this, but something's wrong with our company. So they need people like us, right? And then through the process of moving companies, really discovered that there was a profession for this. So I guess you would almost call that an an accidental BA. Uh, That term seems to be popping up lately. I mean, I think it's still a lot of business analysts are accidental. Uh, And then it was a matter of really you know, taking what was initially this area of expertise that I had built in technology. And then as I worked in other companies, learning how to strengthen my business analysis skills that so that I could work in different environments. Uh so so like it, it's been a journey. <laughs> and then finally learning how to lead others and then train others, um, which actually has been mm. way more enjoyable than I ever would have guessed way back when I was first doing systems analysis, like to be able to package up the way that I was doing business analysis and be able to help others do that as well. So yeah, it's been a like a yeah, long journey. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, but it sounds like a fulfilling one. Sounds like one you're having fun with. Yeah, and um, so on on the on the on the topic then of like career planning, particularly from a business analyst perspective, I remember when I started my role and my manager told me that you know the trajectory is you start off at I was a junior BA at the time, so they're like you're starting as a junior BA. And you work your way up to a mid-level BA then you become a senior BA and then you become some sort of lead or BA manager or something else along those lines and it it felt pretty much like that was it Mm -hmm. for me Uh, that's how they painted that's the picture they painted for me would you say that is generally the path for BAs and um or or are there other avenues
0: I think I mean it's unusual that I meet somebody that actually was a junior BA so I feel like that's fascinating those because so many of us are accidental, you kind of fall into a mid-level BA role, but you don't really know that you're doing it. That was definitely my experience as I was on a really big project right away and just sort of like, well, you know, here's a book, like figure out how to do it. So, um, so I think it's very common for people to come in at that mid or even senior level if they have a lot of experience in another related role. Uh, It's also common for people to skip levels in a way or to feel like in your company that progression of junior to mid-level to senior might be based on industry experience or company specific expertise versus true business analysis skills. So like if you go to then move to a different company, you might be a senior BA in your current company, but that senior or that seniority in a way doesn't necessarily translate into another business analyst role in another company. Right. So I think there's a lot of movement and fluidity in that, um, really depending on where does that individual want to go? Yeah. Mm. Did you end up staying in the same company and moving through that career ladder?
1: So funny enough, I, I I moved from junior then to Mm mid-level. Um, and then what happened was there was a form of restructuring, and what that then ended up doing was almost flatlining that BA role to just become business analyst. There was no longer a junior, mid, senior yeah. uh, progression route. It was just you're a business analyst, you're signed to a, 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 a an agile scrum team, and you do the job kind of thing. Yeah. There was kind of no no seniority in that. So so that that was the funny thing that ended up happening to me. So so all that whole trajectory that I started off on just disappeared in a day, effectively, and I just became a business analyst overnight. <laughs>
0: All right. And then have you moved on from there?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm moving to other organizations. Mm-hmm. And um, and I found that, yeah, to your point, what one company might call a senior business analyst is different. So in my current place where I've been, um, seniority is actually more about ex- expertise than about mm-hmm. leading other BAs or anything like that. Uh, the more expertise you have in a particular technology or a piece of technology, then you become yeah. more seen as a senior BA. Um, but when you are thinking, obviously career planning is such a is such a hard topic at times because to that point from business from a business analyst perspective, yeah. sometimes we're being land managed by people who don't really have a a detailed understanding and appreciation of the role we do, never mind the career trajectory that we can go on. For
0: sure.
1: So I found that I have to almost self drive my career development and my career uh, journey. Um how would you sort of advise somebody who's in that position and they're thinking to themselves, I need to effectively be in the driving seat of my career rather than waiting for my manager or somebody in that position to help me with this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I actually, we have a success path that we teach at Bridging the Gap, which is similar, like a mid junior senior, but it's just, it breaks those barriers a little bit. So because, because you are, you do really need to look at where am I at sort of in a global way and where do I want to be and whatever that senior level BA role is at your company may or may not be what actually fits with you and your career goals. So the way we talk about the progression as official would be like your first official opportunity may not have the title. Like I didn't have the title, but you have the responsibilities, right? And then from there, it's about expanding your BA skill set. Really having you making sure you're using a wide variety of techniques, which makes you more of a proven business analyst, um, which might be like proven in that organization, like probably very much where you were when you were, you know, when the temp company restructured and flatlined, I think was the word you used. Right. But then mm-hmm. part of moving on from there, like people can get stuck in that role, um, really competent really well, good at their work, but then the fear of mm. switching companies or even working in a different kind of environment or a different area of the company. Uh, and I think that's where, for me, it sounds like for you too, like your BA skills really become very critical because you have to learn a new expertise, learn a new set of stakeholders. And so part of progression there is switching the kinds of projects you work on, which I feel like The next level we talk about is superhero. So superhero being like, you are self-confident. You can land in any situation and be successful. And also everybody kind of wants you on their projects, right? Which is a huge milestone. It gives you a lot of security. Uh, And then from there, uh, we talk about the champion level, which would be where you're leading others or setting up a community of practice or mentoring others. Um, somehow enabling not just yourself to be successful, but also others to be successful. Uh, where you know part of what you're doing here by giving back to the profession. So um, I would put that as a champion level activity for sure. <laughs> yeah.
1: Ah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't know that. So thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. <laughs> how? How do? You, so. So you kind of mentioned all those different levels yeah. where you're starting off. That um, what you defined as the, uh, I think you meant like an official BA and then you become a proven BA where you've really kind of, I guess, proven to yourself mm-hmm. and to others that you are good at what you do. From there, you move on to the superhero stage where everybody wants to, wants you on their project yeah. and then you kind of move on to this champion uh, space where uh, you're doing kind of a f- above and beyond your day job so to speak uh, how do you how, how how what's the first step to kind of identify where you fit is this a, a level of like a scorecard or mm. understanding where your skill sets are Or how do you approach to kind of figure out okay this is where I'm currently at and then this is how I can then yeah career from that perspective
0: yeah it's really so pr- official would just be you have the responsibilities right um proven mm. have you used One, have you been a BA on an end-to-end project? Have you used a wide set of techniques? Like the techniques that we teach include business process, software requirements, data modeling, right? So have you used not necessarily use them on every project, but on different projects, have you used a wide variety of techniques? Uh, And then superhero, it really is that comfort level of, yes, I feel like I could work on any project. and you get there by stepping outside your comfort zone and working in new new projects. I feel like there's just a bit of self-identification. Usually when I talk about those, people have a pretty clear sense of like, oh, I'm here. Uh, or they think that they're mm. one step below where they're actually at. That often happens too.
1: <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, no, I can imagine. Yeah. And, and how, what's your thought process on um, the fact that there are just multiple ba type jobs so you've got agile yeah. ba data ba or you have tech do you have like technology focused BA or so salesforce ba or sap ba etc do you think this can cause a bit of confusion into like when we're planning our careers and which way we could go or do you actually see that as it just means we have more opportunities for you know for taking our career forward
0: I think it's not either, or I think it's like, yes. And yes, right. It causes a lot of confusion <laughs> because people will be like, am I a business analyst or am I not? Like I'm not a business analyst because I'm not mm-hmm. doing the same thing that this other person that has the title is doing. Right. So that it creates a lot of confusion, especially when people are new to understanding that there's a role for this. So I think that that is totally true. But on the flip side, it also means that we have so many choices of where we want to go in our career. And that yeah. opens up a whole lot of opportunities for us. So I don't think, I don't think it's, it's like one of those, um, it's like a double-edged sword, but almost like that, that's not quite the right word. It's like both a positive and a negative, right? There's two sides of the coin. So the ambiguity, it can be challenging, but it also gives us a lot of career paths to choose from. We're not really boxed in, which is nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I do agree. It is nice. And it, it does help, I guess, to kind of have to kind of think about this longevity, you know, if I if I'm to hear somebody say I've been working in business analysis for 50 years, at least there is that um, option there to kind of say, well, yeah, it's been 50 years in business analysis, but it's been different flavors of it because I've done this, this, this and this and this. And I think that kind of mm-hmm. helps with with that longevity there. Um, so let's say there is a business analyst then who is listening to us right now and um, they are probably, I would say, at that official BA space. So they're an official uh-huh. business analyst. They've got the job. Uh, they've been doing the role. Maybe they haven't worked on a kind of the full life cycle of the project or they haven't utilized all of the tools and techniques because there's hundreds of them. Um, but they've kind of used, I guess, what we may call or what they would class as the core techniques of process process mapping and requirement solicitation and things like that Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: they're thinking about their career uh, they're most likely a mid-level business analyst no junior nor senior Um, Mm -hmm. how would you advise them to start mapping out their career
0: so you really want to identify like where do you want to go right because there are so many options so do you want like is there an industry you're just really passionate about that you want to build a career Mm -hmm. in even if it's beyond business analysis right or do you just really love business analysis and you want to experience that in multiple different ways or do you even maybe want to be more technical right and get more into some technical architecture in some areas there Do you want to be more strategic? Do you want to be a leader and mentor others? And like, you don't have to have this like line in the sand in three, three years, I'm going to be a lead BA. but you might, right? You might have that goal, but just, I think a general direction of, as we talk about the different opportunities, which one resonates with you, right? And then you start moving towards that uh, and creating opportunities and saying yes to opportunities that move you towards that but i think first is just having that general idea of of what opportunities sound most exciting and always always also <laughs> but you can always change your mind right it doesn't mean like you are mm. you know you're stuck on this path for the next 10 to 20 years regardless of what you decide later
1: yeah yeah no i love that so effectively pull out the attributes that you're looking out for um yeah and and thinking about yeah what are the things that you're wanting out that's a good start and uh, that definitely does make a sense and then on the other side you then have kind of this I guess uh, say the um, the proven BA or even somebody who's in the middle of being proven in a superhero at the same time they've obviously got some years of experience maybe a senior business analyst and they're kind of thinking you know what what's next Uh, they feel like maybe they've done maybe they've worked in three different industries and they've got all this experience that they can lean on, but they're just wondering what next is maybe starting to feel a bit more like a cyclical repeating of the same thing over and over again. How yeah. would you kind of guide them on their career journey?
0: Yeah, actually, as you were saying that, I realized, like I kind of gave the advice for official that I probably should have given for more of a proven BA, right? So I would right. say the proven BA is really ready to think about what, where do I want to go in those general ways and perhaps for the official BA, it is more about you know, what are, how do I ensure that I can be successful on this project? How do I ensure that I can start to apply a wider variety of techniques and that I'm engaging with stakeholders proactively? Like, you know, so there's more of a, at that official level, I think really solidifying yourself in the role and then at the proven level, starting to look at what's next. Where where might I go from here? Got you, yeah,
1: yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. And and for for those BAs then who are at that proven level, um, you hear this argument quite a bit around generalist versus specialist business analyst, yeah. and kind of whether you should stick to just doing bread and butter business analysis, or if you should also tag some specialisms along the way, whether that's a specialism in a in a technology, um, or particular industry, or whatever the case is. Um, would you encourage those BAs who are at that kind of senior type level, albeit they may not actually have that title, but they've got the years of experience and that proven Mm -hmm. um, uh, track record in their space. Would you encourage them to look at specializing in something um, or, or not?
0: I, it always comes back to what, like, what, what does that individual want? Right. So I think specialisms can, like they can bring a lot of short-term career success, security. They can also come, like, if you pick a, a really high value specialism, it can come with a greater salary potential, right? Like, because you have both the BA expertise, but also this really highly valued expertise in an industry. So, which is totally fine, right? So that they also can be, you know, you're, you're committing a lot of your career to something that it's like a higher risk, like high value, high risk kind of decision right. often with a specialization right. because that specialization could burn out, that industry could face some sort of evolution and then the opportunities dry up and you kind of have to go back and find a new way to pivot. Um, so it's not like, it's not, there's pros and cons both ways. I don't think it has to be, it, but it, it also really depends on what is that specialty specialty exciting to that person, right? Versus choosing a mm-hmm. specialty just because it's like it has the salary. Um, I think you really need to you want to blend what's happening in the environment with also what's interesting to you, and and use that to build up your your career plan versus. Um, some kind of external, like, oh, you've got to do it this way. Uh, especially, like, even external feedback from the BA profession, like, we all have to be generalists. Like, I don't think we all have to be generalists. Like, some people really <laughs> are going to be specialists that so they're going to really enjoy that, and they are still business analysts, right? There's no right or wrong. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I I, I agree. But and that's a very good point about think uh, seeing it as a risk. Um, that's something I've never considered. Um, Because Mm. I guess we we always focus on the upside, but actually just kind of seeing it as that risk is a different landscape. Um, Have you come across any BAs who have seen that risk materialize in their journey?
0: You know, some of the things that are like in the publishing industry, that's an industry that went through a lot of disruption in the last 10 to 15 years. Mm. Uh, And I've talked to people who were in that industry, not necessarily as BAs, but in that industry and finding it hard to pivot, right? You could be an expert in uh, like a specific software application that goes out of vogue. Like, I mean, SAP is still really big, but a lot of that's shifting to Salesforce, right? So, and that is transferable, right? You can kind of transfer your expertise from one to the other, but there's a learning curve when you, you go into it. Yeah. So, I mean, you just need to be willing at some point to kind of throw that old expertise away and, and kind of start something new or transfer and pivot into something new. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. one of the things that gives well, you that security, though, is BAs are lifelong learners and you have the ability to learn something new and bring um, everything I you know. have forward with you.
1: Yeah yeah no that that is true that is true um you, you just touched on something there around kind of that that hurdle of you know reskilling yourself or relearning and things like that. What would you say uh, are some of the common challenges that bas face when you know where we are thinking about planning out our careers and figuring out where we are now to where we want to go in the next year or two years or three years and beyond
0: yeah one of the biggest challenges I think is like we make assumptions about what it will take or what's involved, especially I hear this all the time with BAs You're like, I never want to be a manager, right? Or I never want to lead a team right. mostly because I assume that means I'm going to have to work more hours. I'm not going to have as much schedule flexibility. And so, you know, just as you think about your goals, like also think about your personal life. And what I often will invite people to do is like, what are your non-negotiables? Like, maybe it's being done with work at five, or maybe it's being done at work at eight, right? Like, whatever it is, it doesn't, there's no right or wrong, but like, what are your true non negotiables? And as you're considering new opportunities, don't necessarily say no to an opportunity just because somebody else doesn't have those same non negotiables. Just bring those into the conversation, or just assume that, you know, just know that you can set those boundaries and come up, like, lean in. To the opportunities and lean into your boundaries at the same time versus kind of holding back from your career and holding back from the opportunities kind of to protect those boundaries. So I think it's just more of a like what's really important to you and making sure you're taking that into account and how you talk to your next employer or a next a hiring manager about a new opportunity um, and just bringing those into the conversation.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, totally. Uh, to- I love that. Totally agree with that. Yeah, um, and that is a, a very common challenge. I would say um, myself have faced it, so I, I know I know intimately what, what that challenge looks like. Yeah, um,
0: yeah true. that's a great point. Time um, time issues are not specific to managers, right? We can face them as VAs too. So uh, often, as you get into more of those leadership positions, you actually have more flexibility than you think, and a lot of credibility and autonomy. So things can actually shift.
1: (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's your perception or perspective on getting certifications on this road of, you know, planning your career as a BA? Um, And and yeah, where, where do certifications fit in with that, if at all?
0: Yeah, I I have my CBAP. Also, um, through Bridging the Gap, we have historically offered an applied certification, which was a very different certification than an exam-based certification. Um, I think they are great at establishing credibility within the profession and bringing a sense of unity and coherence to the business analyst role, I think, for each individual Again, it's like it has to fit into your goals. Like I chose to get my CBAP um, just before my first daughter was born. And at the time, my plan was to go back into a corporate business analyst role at some point. And I was I was concerned about my experience like running out right because you need five years of professional experience um, because I was going to take time to build Bridging the Gap. Uh, but then it also turned out like it actually brought me a lot of credibility, too, as a trainer of business analyst. So like it's been an, an important part of being like, yes, I understand the profession. I understand the body of knowledge. Like it's given me that credibility. Uh, and I think it's a great it gave me a lot of confidence too, just the exercise of diagnosing my work history and figuring out how much business analysis work i had actually done and mapping it into the structure of the bayback gave me a lot of confidence and self-awareness of like actually how much business analysis i had done which made it easier for me to go out and share with others right yeah and i don't, are, are do you have your um an IIBA certification or a BCS certification? So I don't have
1: an IIBA certification. I have got okay. I've got uh, I've got four BCS certifications. Um and, and those are intense, right? The... <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah. I mean I don't know what the IIBA ones are like. I haven't kind of ventured on them yet, but the BCS ones are very intense. Um yeah. I'm I'm yet to kind of finish my journey on on getting the diploma in business analysis, which I'm like yeah two exams away or something like that to, to get that. So I'm, I'm very close. I'm, I'm on my way. Go but ahead, to your point, yes. it definitely adds to credibility and adds to confidence and adds to, um, just kind of, I guess the self, yeah, this self-confidence and the self-awareness that not only do I know my stuff because I've, you know, not done it and learned it, but actually it, I think, I think one of the things that certifications do as well is that they almost deepen your commitment to the career it's it's really interesting Mm. uh, to me. It's almost Mm -hmm. like now that I've done the certifications, if I am to venture into something else, it has to be linked. Otherwise I've I've kind of wasted my energy and resources and time, you know, getting the certifications and then putting them aside and doing something else. So it kind of it kind of I guess solidifies your your career path even more. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but that's that's what I felt for me anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I I think I mean, the BCS certification is definitely an intensive one. I, what what we're seeing in the industry is there's so many certification. They're calling them certifications, but they're basically you take a two-hour course and then you complete a short exam. Mm. And to me, there's just a huge mm. difference between something like the CBAP or the BCS or something intensive like what we used to offer with the ACBA. Like then, like take a course and answer twenty questions, right? Like I I just think that from a involvement and from the credibility that it should give you, uh, there's just a big difference between the two. So um, really, and it's, I think what I heard you say is it, what's even more important than that credibility or that certification at the end is like the learning process you go through as part of getting it right. And how much that really expands your knowledge and awareness. So that's a really important piece of it as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, So this episode will actually come out around the around the uh, sort of beginning of the year, twenty twenty four, and it's going to be the times when a lot of BAs are going to be putting together personal development plans uh, in their organizations with their managers and teams. And I'll be honest, this is one thing I've usually struggled with as a BA. I used to work in sales and it was very easy to do a, a PDP because it's like, I'm going to speak to this many clients and try and achieve this much of my target from a financial perspective or make this percentage of sales. But in business analysis, I'm always thinking, like, I'm going to deliver a project. It's, it's almost as if, like, what do I kind of put in this personal development plans other than get certified, deliver projects and, you know, make sure I do a good job kind of thing. And do you have any tips yeah. on on how to approach your annual development plans and, and the kind of things that you might pull out from that?
0: Yeah, I think we underestimate the power of delivering those projects, but also that projects can also be opportunities to build new skills, to try new techniques, right? So if you are, say, a proven BA who wants to get to superhero, would you, like, the kinds of, goals you would be asking for support about are working on new types of projects. Like, can I work with a new stakeholder group or expand my horizons or work with higher level stakeholders, right? So specifically asking for projects that are going to stretch you, or if you know that you want to be a lead or a manager someday, what are the opportunities? Even if you're relatively new to, set, to mentor somebody even newer, Right, and help bring them into the role or to make additional investments into your process or your methodology, um, you know, expanding the templates or the resources for your business analyst team. So kind of both looking at how can you leverage the project work to bring in new techniques and ideas and skills, but then also what are the like 20 to 30% of extra things you want to take on that really will take you where you want to go longer term and start to help build some of those capabilities.
1: Mm, yeah very clear very clear and i love that um i think hopefully it will help some people listening because um i mean some people already have it down on pat but for me it's just always a struggle but i think the approach you've just described there is um, a very good one to take
0: oh one thing i would add is what also might you take away like what do you want to let go of Right. Because part of what happens in goal planning, I mean, I do this every year. I start to plan and then I'm like, I've thrown all the things in and then I start to feel overwhelmed and like I have too much to do. And so it gets overwhelming before I even get started. And so, Equally important, especially at that proven superhero level, where you know, just like we can get really successful early in our careers as a business analysts by like taking on the things. You know, early on, I was like, "Oh, I'll do test management. I'll do this. I'll like take on more and more responsibilities," and that created a lot of opportunity for me. But then it also created overwhelm. And then it became about how do I learn how to delegate some of this work to others. And let go of some of the day-to-day so that I can continue to grow in my career. So also equally looking at like, what's the work that's holding you back? What's become routine? What's boring, right? What's no longer interesting? And how can, you know, that's where you create space for that extra 10, 20, 30% that you want to do to contribute more value to the organization is you have to also be willing to let things go.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally understand. And it's a tough choice, but it's definitely worthwhile doing in the long run, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have a company called Bridging the Gap, um, which, uh, as I've said in the beginning, it has a lot of information on there around business analysis, helping everyone with their careers and their journeys. Uh, but it is much more than an online blog, should I say. Uh, Could you just touch on what services you offer through Bridging the Gap and how you help business analysts on their careers?
0: Sure, yeah, thank you so much for that opportunity. We do have a ton of content on our blog, and our YouTube channel, and I share a lot of LinkedIn as well. So if you're you know, listening, feel free to reach out and connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, but Bridging the Gap is first and foremost, as a training company. And my goal is to provide practical, on-the-job training that you can apply right away in the real world. So we teach the techniques in a way that I think just break down the concepts and make them really practical. Uh, and we wrap a lot of our, our, our flagship program, the Business Analyst Blueprint, comes with instructor support where you can ask questions, you can get your deliverables reviewed, you can get feedback on what you're doing, or, you know, just like, I'm not clear on this, or I tried to do this thing that you said in the class, but my stakeholder said this thing, you know, that didn't really, wasn't supportive. Like, how can I work around that? So it's really, I really want people to be able to use the materials and apply the materials and succeed in elevating themselves professionally and being more successful in their projects. So our programs are organized around that. Uh, And we also have uh, quite a few different template toolkits that will help you save time and be more effective. Uh, And those are our main offerings at Bridging the Gap. And then, of course, all the free resources as well, Um, uh, a free workshop and how to get started in your career and lots of articles and videos on YouTube.
1: Love that. Love that. And I have certainly definitely um, been a on the recipient side of all of your content and all the platforms you mentioned, LinkedIn, YouTube, and, and your blog. And uh, as I said, all of that has played a role. Uh, either me switching careers to become a business analyst and kind of me in my early days, just learning about what this means or what that means. But even till today, I still use it uh, and, and refer back to to your content. So um definitely check that out if you've never come across uh bridge britain the gap at all it it, you get lost in it but you learn so much from it which is the which is amazing (laughs) isn't it it's a good thing um so thank you so much as we bring our conversation to close Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, As we bring our conversation to a close, uh, just a couple more questions left for me. Uh, The first one is, what is the best place for people to connect with either you directly, um, or the best place for them to kind of find your content?
0: So the website is bridgingthegap.com. It does have hyphens. If I was doing it now, I would never have done that. But so bridging-the-gap.com. hyphen And the best place to connect with me personally would be on LinkedIn. So under, if you search Laura Brandenburg, I should pop right up. And uh, I could give you the link for the show notes as well, if you'd like.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we'll link everything in the show notes. Uh, I'll link your profile your website and also the blog post that touches on the, um, the different career levels that we've spoken about from kind of this yes, proven yes. business analyst, to the superhero business analyst. Yeah. We'll link all of that in the show notes so people can check that out as well. Um, and any final thoughts from you or last remarks that you want to leave people who are business analysts and also wanted to really plan their careers rather than just kind of wait for them to happen?
0: Yeah, I, I think like the overall theme as I reflect back on what we talked about is that you, like you get to choose and also you, you're like you're in charge of your career. So, I mean, we started talking by talking about, you know, the company that had this specific career plan, plan laid out for you, right? And then they changed the rules and how frustrating that must have been. But like that happens all the time. And so when you, you know, and, and, so, having that sense of like, I'm in charge of my career, and actually, whether there's a progression path at my company or not, I can create a progression path for myself and continually be investing in and in, in expanding my skill set. And here's where I want to go, and here's how I'm going to get there. I just, that's what I would leave people with is like, This is not something that somebody else is going to manage better than you will. Like you are the one who's going to manage your career better than anyone else um, because you care about it the most. So, you know, take that sense of ownership and and use it to your advantage.
1: Love that. Love that. Absolutely agree with that as well. Um, And the final question is um, what is it that you love about being a BA trainer?
0: Hmm. I, well, I love a lot of things about it. One of the things I love is just getting to, because we are so practical, I get to see what people are doing like in their BA jobs and what kind of deliberals they're creating and what kind of challenge. And so I feel like I stay in touch with what's happening. Um, But I also just really, I love those aha moments. Like when you see somebody who is like often it's like even an experienced BA with a process model and they're using it in a certain way, but they're just like stuck somewhere. And you just give them that like little tweak of how they could think about it differently or approach it differently or how they could approach their project differently, how to think about their role differently. And you can just see like their excitement go off and their confidence kind of boost forward. You can kind of see I'm like (laughs) <laughs> like leaning forward as I say that but like I just love those moments where it's like often the simplest little things but you just need that outside perspective so it's it's really fun for me to see people step into their excitement and their power around business analysis and then be like ready to go do more great work in the world and help our organizations get better
1: yeah yeah totally love that and uh, I'm sure you've made a lot of impact in in those moments and those aha moments always stay with you I think um especially when they unlock so many, you know, especially when they unlock so many things. But I like the practical element of it because I have certainly been on the on the <clears throat> side where you go to a course or some sort of training program and it just doesn't feel realistic in the real world. Because it's like, this is <laughs> nice, yeah. It's nice for a couple of days that we're learning it, but on Monday morning when I'm yeah. back at work, this is just not going to work. So I love, I love the practicality that you're putting into it. Yeah. It's great. Yeah,
0: yeah. When it gets too theoretical, it feels too perfect, right? (laughs) Like we we work in the real world. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Well, Laura, once again, um, I want to appreciate you coming on to uh, the podcast. Um, When I think about business analysis space, particularly business analysts who have um, impacted and influenced business analysis uh, in general, uh, I would definitely put you right up in there uh, in, in the top percentile, one percent, whatever that means, um, because your work in this space has influenced not just myself, but many, many people, thousands, I'm sure, um, through the work that you do. So I'm really um, just encouraging you to carry on and thanking you for all the years um, of pouring out into uh, people like myself who have been, um, who have needed your content in our journeys.
0: Thank you so much. And thank you so much for all your contributing by hosting a podcast like this. It takes a lot of commitment and passion and grit (laughs) to do it. So thank you.